Welcome to Wash Talk, the podcast series from IRC, where we talk about water, sanitation and hygiene services around the world. Today we're going to talk about asset management for rural wash systems with Kim Lemme. Kim is Global Advisor on Sustainability of Rural Sanitation Services for the organization Water for People. I would, I would really say for all wash systems, asset management is critical. Um, but first, let me get to Katerina Fonseca, the IRC's Head of International Programs. Uh, Katerina, I'll start with you. When we talk about asset management, we think about the money. What does it actually mean for water and sanitation? Um, the water and sanitation sector is an infrastructure-heavy sector, and all infrastructure needs maintenance. And this is called asset management. And you have to look at it a bit like keeping a car and maintaining a car. You need to keep an eye on the water, on the oil, on the tires, and you need to make sure that you're keeping the small parts of the equipment before the car actually breaks down. Um, and this, this needs to happen with the infrastructure, especially in rural water uh, and sanitation, but it's not happening. So at any point in time, you have about 30% of the infrastructure not working. And this is why asset management is so critical in the sector. Yeah, before you get me talking about cars, let's quickly move to Kim Lemme. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having us. We're happy to be here. Yeah, welcome. Well, Kim, asset management in urban areas is a quite standard concept, but it is not when it comes to the rural areas. Why is that? Right. The rural wash um, sector is often limited by the capacity of the local governments to manage water systems, both in terms of people and skills and budget allocations. Um, often wash services in rural areas are a lower priority um, than they are in the urban areas because it's sparsely populated and intermittent funding from NGOs, from other donor organizations is, is not quite as steady as it is if it's within uh, a budget of a local government. So Water for People supports local governments in long-term management of wash systems. Exactly. So in urban areas, actually, water and sanitation services are usually run by companies, either public or private. But in rural areas, this service tends to be left to the responsibility of districts, which then leave them to the communities to manage. Yeah. Kim, isn't that actually quite ironic that in urban areas, highly skilled professionals with engineering and management degrees run the water companies? companies, And in the rural areas, um, we just expect unskilled communities to do exactly the same. Yes, that's definitely a challenge. The fundamental skills needed to manage and maintain a water system are similar regardless of the system itself. All systems need technical support for repairs and maintenance. And financial management and oversight is also critical. Those are skills that often aren't found in the, at the community level in um, rural Africa and Asia and Latin America. Um, if it's a simple hand pump or a piped scheme, that technical knowledge needs to happen, that needs to be at the local level. And um, in addition to that, funds need to be collected and managed properly so they can be used for those repairs and uh, maintenance that is needed. But I can imagine the technical expertise you need for a hand pump, you know, is quite different from what you need for a city-wide complex piping system. 
Yes, absolutely. However, if you're in a local community in um, the rural parts of the world with poor wash systems, uh, that technical expertise, as simple as it may be for a hand pump, if it's not there, the hand pump will easily break. And if the repairs can't be made from a technical perspective, then even if the money is available, it makes it difficult to make the repairs. And so then they're dependent on outside sources to come in with the expertise. And often that means long delays and um, slow, slow repair time. And more money, probably more expensive. Exactly. Yeah. So let's dive deeper into the asset management. So how important is asset management for rural wash systems? I would, I would really say for all wash systems, asset management is critical, uh, really for, for, three, for three main reasons. One, for the local government to understand what assets exist in their district. I think right now the rural wash sector is very focused on, uh, is very reactionary. And so, because they don't even know what are all the assets that exist. So that's, that's the first piece. The second piece is to be able to effectively prioritize the systems that need the most urgent attention, be it the age of the system, be it the, the uh, functionality of the system. And it allows local governments to plan for now and for future years um, what systems need to be prioritized most urgently. And the third piece is to, again, I mentioned this, to move from reactionary repairs to being proactive and preventive uh, in order to kind of stay ahead of that as opposed to only being reactive. But how can you measure these things? How, how do you, well, what kind of tools do you use, for example? Great. So Water for People has has developed a an asset analysis tool that basically uses data that, that is collected in a survey on a handheld mobile device. And that that is basically an exercise of walking through and observing and looking at uh, wash systems throughout a district. Um, and so so that takes those that, that tool itself is the one that we use uh, at Water for People to actually assess what is that priority of of urgently needed repairs and replacement. And we work closely with the government so they understand um, where the data is coming from and what it is telling us. Okay, so this gives you some more insight in all the assets uh, you have as a local community, but also the financial aspect. Um, do you have tools for that as well to calculate how much you have to charge, for example? Yes, exactly. We have also developed a tool called At What Cost, and we've actually worked very closely with IRC on all of these tools. Um, so, Katerina, thank you to you and your team for all of the support that we've worked on together. Um, At What Cost is basically a cash flow tool. It allows you to um, make certain assumptions and to put in certain amounts um, in terms of expenses that you're anticipating, and then it allows you to really understand the full life cycle cost of a system. So if you're looking at a very simple hand pump, um, you can understand how much does it cost to, to put it in, how much will it cost every year to maintain it and to, to operate it, and it can also project when, uh, when you will need to make major repairs and replacements, and it will also allow you to understand what those costs are. So that really has been a tool that we work with local governments with to understand what's the most appropriate tariff or fee to be charging to the users of each system. But, but you mentioned that you, you're working with some of these districts with the tool. 
what does this look like? How how do you actually, um, yeah, work with the tool with the people that need this kind of information? Right, and so that's a great question, that, and that's one that comes up quite a bit. We don't we don't work with these tools at the community level. We don't expect people to have Excel spreadsheets and computers and mm-hmm. laptops at hand. We work uh, with the district governments who are more equipped and more um, skilled at and have used Excel. And when they have basic Excel knowledge, these tools have been developed. So it's relatively simple for them to to become used to understanding the tool and learning to use the tool themselves and to make it work for the context of of their district or municipality. Yeah, maybe it's a good time actually to see how this works in, in daily life. On the phone, we have Brenda Achira Mutemba. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. You also work with Water for People in Uganda. Uh, and Water for People works in six districts in Uganda, and one of these six uh, districts is uh, Kamawenge. Can you tell us a bit more about the work you're doing specifically in, in this district? Thank you. Yes, in Kamwenge district, Water for People is scaling up the Everyone Forever model that focuses on reaching every home, every school, and every community with reliable water services forever, particularly establishing pipe water systems to serve communities, but also rehabilitating point water sources like the hand pumps, as well as build capacities of communities to be able to manage these systems themselves. Uh, You build the capacities of operators to manage the systems as well. So far, we've constructed four pipe systems in Biguri sub-county, with two in their final stages of construction, and we habilitated over 65 hand pumps across the 15 sub-counties of the district. And how did the tools we just discussed with uh, Kim, uh, so the at-what-cost tool and the asset management tool, um, how did you use them for these projects? Um, For the at-what-cost, for every system, that is both point sources and piped systems, we've carried out cost analysis to help us come up with an appropriate tariff to be paid by the community. Uh, Presently, communities pay about... uh, 0.02 0.02 US dollars per 20 liter jerry can and 1.2 US dollars per cubic meter of water. And this is for both piped systems and hand pumps. Uh, the process of estimating this tariff has, is facilitated together with the district local government. And in the process, this has been appreciated by the communities and accepted. For the assets management tool, uh, we so far piloted it on 27 systems, that is 21 hand pumps and six pipe systems, and this has helped us clearly establish the level of risk at the end of the system lifespan, the level of priority to replace and repair the system, and this has guided the district, local government, the authorities to plan and budget better for the systems, of course, uh, looking at the high-risk and high-priority systems for repair. But were you able to get this information uh, without using these two apps? Without these tools, it's actually not possible to get real-time data. Uh, and in the past, you know, the district would use estimates and reports that do not come in very frequently. So with the coming in of the tools, more real-time data is received and used for planning and budgeting. 
Yeah. And Brenda, I mean, Kim mentioned that actually the district uh, officials don't know where the assets are, are, where the infrastructure is. And, and that has to do also how some of this infrastructure is built. So the NGOs come in, build, leave. I mean, you, what if people is also an NGO? How, how are the other NGOs in these areas uh, also supporting Uh, this asset management, um, yeah, overviews or the, the use of some of these tools? Uh, yes, true. A number of players are in Kamwenge district and at some point the district is, is not able to collect what everyone is doing. And so in the process, they don't really know how many assets and where they are and what their lifespan looks like. Uh, but in Kamwenge, we have something that is called the District Water and Sanitation Coordination Committee. It's a platform where all players, including NGOs, private Uh, players, the local government come together on a quarterly basis mm -hmm. to be able to report on what they are doing. So it is through this platform that the district is able to capture what the different players are doing and uh, in the process are able to come up with a kind of, you know, um, accumulated document to know what people are doing. So that's one such platform. And how will these tools help you in the long run? Uh, yes, one, especially for the, the at what cost, In the long run, it does help in estimating consumption of water in a particular area, which is very important to know. And uh, also, it does help uh, someone. I mean, it does help the operators know what the different operational costs are, and to make sure that 100% of the costs are actually managed in the system. But also for the business, the water system to be able to to break even in regard to you know it being a business, and for the assets registry. Uh, the district is actually able to plan and budget better as they come up with their budgets on an annual basis. They're able to know that this amount of money will be targeted at repairing or replacing system A, B, C in a particular locality. So, I mean, in the long run, we, we are looking at more um, evidence-based planning, more evidence-based budgeting with real-time data, but also having... Uh, our the systems effectively and efficiently managed. Okay, so the um, at what, what cost tool and the asset management tool, they were successfully deployed in Uganda. If we take it to a broader and global uh, perspective, what are still the challenges you are facing? I think some of the challenges are um, getting the local governments to prioritize. A lot of decentralization has happened in many countries where we are working, and um, sometimes the local budget allocation doesn't necessarily mirror what the responsibilities that have been decentralized to the local government. So, for example, if we're working in a local district in rural Africa, where the responsibility for WASH services has been decentralized to that district, yet the budget is still very centralized. Um, it is difficult for them to actually, even if they really understand and want and, and are, are engaged with providing good WASH services over time to their constituents, it's difficult for them to do with limited budgets. So I think getting, getting the national and the local governments on the same page in terms of the prioritization of, of water and sanitation services, 
um, will be very critical to the success. And I think, as Brenda mentioned, these tools actually help those conversations become more evidence-based as opposed to being more speculative or forecasted when you're talking about cash and you're talking about numbers and money that's needed, as well as management skills and, and supplies. So... Yeah, with this data, you can really show how much money is needed for the right. infrastructure. Right. It's as if you were having a conversation and you said, I need more budget. And whoever was in charge of that said, how much do you need? And you said, I don't know. The conversation kind of ends there. If you actually have numbers to back up, we need a 20% increase in this budget, and this is why, and this is where it comes from, it's a much stronger argument and a much more fruitful conversation when you actually have the evidence to back up um, the needs in order to deliver ongoing services. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, Kim Lemme, who's based in Denver in the United States, and Brenda Achiro Mutemba from Uganda, both from the organization Water for People. And I think we heard actually some quite interesting new insights on asset management in the wash sector. Um, Katerina, to wrap up, what are the most important takeaways? Well, trying to sum up this interesting conversation, well, I think the first point is that actually it's slightly shocking that in most rural areas we still don't know what infrastructure is in place and the state of that infrastructure. And when we say, when I say we, I mean the local government, but also the other organizations who are de facto responsible for providing and ensuring services are sustainable. Uh, and we do need to move from reactionary repairs to actually preventive maintenance and start thinking about adequate budgets in the long term. And this is where tools like the asset registry and what cost tools, I have tested myself those tools. I just came back from Ethiopia uh, where we tested some of these tools with some of uh, also district officers. And it's incredible how instantly kind of um, a very visual tool with some color coding and some graphs suddenly changes indeed uh, the mindset that, that Brenda and Kim were talking about. And you've got able, the proof. You've got the proof. So you have the evidence, but you, you, you can also start projecting because what the tools do also is to give you a projection of 5, 15, 10, 15 years and visualizing that and the impact that it has and it can have on your budgets. I think that it's, it's quite, it's simple, but it's very, very powerful. Thanks very much. Well, that's it for this episode of Wash Talk. If you have any comments or questions about anything you've heard, please get in touch with us. Our website is ircwash.org slash washtalk or you can find us on Twitter at ircwash or use the hashtag washtalk. Thank you for listening. This podcast was brought to you by IRC, an international think and do tank that works towards finding long-term solutions to the global crisis in water, sanitation and hygiene services, mainly in rural areas. 